Oh, dearie me, won't somebody think of the keepers? We'll dissect a round of howlers from those brave enough to don the gloves. Bentley and Green Gully score four in a perfect build-up for this week's Green on Green Derby. Branson's veganism, although sustainable to the environment, endures another week of unsustainable food offerings. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode three of the Semi-Pro Potty! Welcome one, welcome all to episode three of the Semi-Pro Potty. I'm your host, William Chambers, and I am joined this week and every week by Branson Gibson to my right. G'day, Will. How you doing, mate? I'm very good, mate. I'm excellent. Thank you very much for asking. I mean, we're excellent every week, aren't we? Ever since we've started doing this, what a treat. Good fun. Greatly enjoy it. We always have a good time. Love chatting MPL. Love going over everything that's happened in the world of football, in particularly semi-professional Victorian football, our specialty. Yeah, it is our specialty and absolutely no regrets picking semi-professional football over some of the other things that are going on in the world right now. Yep. Uh, well, let's be honest, semi-professional football is probably a little bit better than the professional football in this country at the moment. If you don't, you know, that's in my humble opinion. I Strongly agree. Yep. So as we do every week, kit bag. What are we deciding to don ourselves in for this week's podcast? Well, uh, last week you mentioned that I am indeed a Fulham fan, quite a big Fulham fan. Uh, so I am actually wearing this year's Fulham's 2019-2020 home kit. Oh, yes. Uh, it's fully equipped with Premier League badges, which are... Uh, single use? <laughs> well, I was going to say, part of the reason why I'm wearing this now is because... Uh, pretty soon, it's things are looking grim. We yeah. won't we won't touch on it because I'll start crying. I don't well, I don't want to start crying no, with we, the podcast. Look, and I think we should touch on it because, as we were saying, you know, this is semi professional football, and if, if there is ever a home for it, it is definitely 2019 20 Fulham. Oh, uh, it really it hurts my soul. I don't think there's any way to put it. But anyway, it's a Thomas Kearney club captain jersey and it makes me extremely happy and then I think about Fulham and they make me extremely sad but I thought I would represent I mean doesn't that just as a whole represent all of football I think anyone who follows me on Instagram personally will have seen uh, my staying up Sunday night for a nil-nil draw between Liverpool and Manchester United and I genuinely never wanted to watch football ever again on Monday but sure enough come Tuesday I'm like oh it's actually pretty good yeah yeah Exactly. Uh, how about yourself, Will? What are you wearing this week? Now, mine is actually quite special. I am going to go out on a limb here and say I don't think anyone else in Australia has this kit at the moment, other than the wow. great man himself. Uh, are you wearing the Estonian national team that I wore last week? <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Um, <laughs> no, so look, shout-out goes to Matt Dool on uh, Adelaide City. Um, mate from school. Mm-hmm. He's now doing a bit of uh, media work and just general club work. You know, you wear many hats in a club. Um, we've sort of done a couple of segments talking about past players from the A-League who are now perhaps applying their trade in semi-professional football leagues in Australia. Yep. Um, Johnny Warren medalist, Marcos Flores, is now playing for Adelaide City. Former Adelaide United man. He is, And you are indeed an Adelaide United man yourself. Yeah. Double Um, money. So I'm wearing a 2019... 20, well, no, 2019 alone. Yes, yeah, 2019 yeah. alone, um, Adelaide City jersey with Flores 48 on the back of it. I'll tell you what, I will admit it looks very good. It's a black and white striped kit, classic, yep. very Newcastle United-esque. Yeah, well, uh, Adelaide's... A, to- a Ad- timeless look. Yes, Adelaide City um, 
Italian club. Yep. Um, believe when they started were just called Adelaide Juventus. Yep. So great. you got one of the ones where you really like, yeah, what, why break what's not broken? Yep. Um, so look, this is uh, my kit for tonight. I'm absolutely stoked with it. Look, uh, it looks I remember, good, I remember the glory days of uh, my love for Adelaide United, and Marcus Flores was one of those absolutely scintillating footballers to watch. So. Absolutely enamoured with this kit. Thanks very much, Dools, for organising this one for me. Um, it's got everything you want in a semi-professional kit. Some excellent sponsors. Um, it's just—it's a great bit of kit that I'm happy to be wearing tonight. And it looks good. Lovely. Look, kits aside, let's jump into it. Ooh, another great round. When, when is it going to slow down? What? Hopefully never. <laughs> now, hopefully never, but you're very right. Another big round, plenty of big results. Plenty of interesting matchups, yep. plenty of goals, bit of controversy in a couple of games, a couple of howlers as well. Yeah, the snuck howlers the, we will snuck, definitely touch oh, on. Oh, cannot wait. What I like from this round is this is the round where I think we're starting to see those who are like really quite good. You yep. know, that we're seeing the contenders really come to the front of the pack. We're seeing those who are struggling r- r- really continue struggling. And mm-hmm. it starts to put a bit of a lay of the land down as to some of the fixtures that are coming up and you're like, oh, that's getting tasty because yep. there's some form teams in mm-hmm. the competition. Yep, totally agree. And But then at the same time, you know, we said last week it's, you know, hard to write teams off after uh, after one week. It's hard to write teams off after two. So whilst we're getting a sense, there's still plenty of room for those teams who, you know, might not be performing well enough, mm. might be mid-table or down the bottom. It's still very early on. But still plenty of scope for them to rebound, climb, reach their goals for this season. So by no means, and the teams who are up, up the top, they might not be there at the end of the year. I, so. I mean, imagine if the the league ladder did not change from here. Oh, but that would be, what would be the the world record for that? Because that uh, that would be very statistically, oh, do we put it? Can you bet on the NPL? Uh, I think you, you probably can. Do we I put th- a I very think... dangerous multi down for well, a fixed league team well, from think, here? <laughs> I think we probably shouldn't because I think a couple of clubs got done for... Uh, Match fixing in the NPL. I think I saw an art- I think I saw an article either today or yesterday as well about a potential match fixing in an under twenties game. Ooh. I don't want to. I, I don't want to say anything more because I, I, just off the top of my head, you just tweak something and I don't remember exactly what it was. But yeah. I, I think well, I think we should stay away from from NPL gambling. And look, to be honest with you, we're above betting anyway. It doesn't need to be done. The football's good enough without it. Yep. Um. Uh, look, let's be honest. If there was match fixing, though, some of the goalkeeping howls that we saw this weekend oh. point to a potential <laughs> yep. of it. Yep. Um, but let's jump into some of the games. Luke Branson, let's uh, walk through um, the first one, which was uh, Hume City 1, Oakley nil. Tell us about that one, Branson. Well, I had a look. Very interesting game. Uh, if you got there late, you would have been uh, quite disappointed. Uh, Ersin Kaya, I believe I've got the pronunciation right there. Oh, please, please. Maybe. Angry tweet yeah, us if we got it, it wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, scored for Hume City in, I think it was like the third or fourth minute, extremely early on. Uh, and then Hume City just held on from there for the 1-0 victory. So if you, you know, let's say you were in the canteen line waiting to get something or, you know, just arrived a couple of minutes late, you would have missed the goal. But uh, good result for Hume City. Yeah, two excellent. wins in their first two games and they find themselves sitting on top of the ladder. Excellent. Uh, on the flip side, not so good for Oakley. Back-to-back losses for them. So you can see Hume City, you know, riding the high of back-to-back wins. Yep. Oakley. Perfect juxtaposition, not looking so flash. Back-to-back losses. Mm. So one of the games of the round was definitely Pasco Vale 2, Bentley Greens 4. Um, Branson, you got some eyeballs onto this one over the weekend. Let us know all about that one. Well, gave it a watch. It was a very, uh, very interesting game. Uh, to sum it up, ben- Bentley looked good. 
Mm. Bentley looked really good. Their first half performance was really good. They scored uh, scored pretty early, I think, in the first half, up 1-0. Uh, really a dominant first half. I think Pascoval only had one shot for the entire first yeah, half, uh, and it came in, like, the 45th minute. Um, Bentley just really seemed to dominate play and really look like a so, well a well oiled machine look like the top team that we all expect them yes. to be. So if you're only, you know, leaking one shot on target a half, you know, what what part of them really impressed you? You know, was it a really good defensive unit? Was it like a, you know, a fast energetic midfield? Was it, you know, like even strikers, you know, we always lament them for, you know, putting in striker challenges, but you know, some of the strikers that I've seen in the league so far, you know, their, their work rate off the ball to pressure mm-hmm. that ball in midfield is is Excellent. So, like, where can you see that real strength that is leading to such a such a good performance? Well, I reckon I reckon for Bentley, they've got a couple of strengths. I think their first strength is is their midfield. Obviously, attacking, uh, just some of their passing, their poise on the ball, the way that they can sort of dictate play, mm-hmm. uh, and also, you know, that's obviously great going forward. But then as well, when they don't have the ball, I think their midfield works quite hard. Uh, Pasco Val, they had a few chances. Or sorry, not chances, opportunities without yeah. getting a shot. But uh, the whole time they were doing this, they sort of looked pressured. They yeah. couldn't really commit numbers forward. Uh, and, and the time think, on the ball is just less. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, obviously, part of that is is the is the defenders as well. But I think part of that is the midfield as well. Like, uh, you know, ho- holding play up, pressuring mm-hmm. Pascoval's midfield in this yep. in this instant, make, making it hard for them to really get numbers forward. And yep. I think that's what what sort of set them apart in, in, in this game in particular. Yeah, excellent. Look, and they just look strong. Like, because that's yeah. the thing. I, I've sort of seen bits of them throughout mm-hmm. the year and sort of the highlight stuff. And they just look technically good. But it's, you know, it's when you put those little bits of technical brilliance, well, not brilliance, but, you know, Ned Zellich would say, um, bits of individual brilliance in <laughs> yeah. there. But, you know, you can do bits in isolation, uh, isolation, but when you put it in a framework and the whole team's working together and that system is sort of working, that's what I'm starting to see from Bentley Greens is, you yeah. know, they really look quite fluid in their play and they know what they're meant to be doing. They feel comfortable in what they're doing and they're all on the same page. Yeah, and they've been, they've been good for the past couple of seasons. So they've definitely continued that yeah. on. And in the game, they continued it on. In the second half, they scored a couple of goals early, made it three nil, and really seemed to put the game put the game to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple of chances, a couple of really good chances to even you know make it four nil. I think uh, there was a good save in there and a, another shot that hit the bar. Uh, so they really could have tacked on to that that lead there. Mm-hmm. Um, but things got a little bit interesting after it. Uh, they went up three uh, nil. It started off with a little bit of a goalkeeper howler, and if it was any other week, this would probably be the, the, the howler of the round. But it just so works out that this week, this week, it, it's not. It's the second worst howler. Um, so pretty much what happened? Uh, there was a a, a Pascoval player who like drove towards the goal or the byline. Sorry. Uh, cross the ball back, cut it back to the area, and the goalkeeper goes up to catch it. Uh, classic Ozkick style, goes for the big W, and sort <laughs> of only... It goes through his hands, but then at the same time, he sort of manages to... Like, tap, tap it, it back yeah. in, yeah. Yeah, so it's weird. So he sort of muffs it and taps it at the same time. Really peculiar, but that sort of sparked a mini a mini revival for Pasco Val because obviously that you know down 3-1 mm-hmm. uh, only a couple of minutes later they won a penalty as well tuck that away 3-2 yeah, it and changes t- the complexion well, of the game a lot well, yeah. well with 10 minutes to go you know we're looking at it uh, we've gone from Bentley up 3-0 looking for a fourth you're thinking this could be five or six goals the way they're mm. playing 
to all of a sudden 3-2. Pascoval red hot right back in it. And they had chances to equalise as well. They had a couple. Uh, Bentley Green's goalie, after a howler, had to had to make a couple of good saves, had to be switched on here. Uh, but alas, footballing is not always a fairy tale ending. Uh, Pascoval, a late red card, really kind of nipped the comeback in the bud. You know, down to 10 men. Hard to come back when you're down 10 men. One team did it. Uh, Pascoval, though, could not. Yeah. Uh, and then Bentley Greens with a very late 94th minute penalty to seal the game up 4-2. But overall, they looked really good. And the two goals that they conceded, a penalty and a goalkeeping error, you know, like... Can't be too bad. No. I mean, like, and I really like the fact that some of these games, you know, they're, what they're doing is that they're giving us really good reason to not leave. You know, oh, absolutely. stick around, yeah. stick around, and watch it because you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. You know the fact that you, like you said, you can almost be four 0 down. Yep. And then still come back into the game. Hey, it shows a lot of mental strength. You know, like to to not drop your heads. You know, when we went to the, the first game, we're standing on City, and players drop their heads at the mm-hmm. uh, at the first sign of defeat. And you know, the, the fact that there are teams in this league that are like keeping their heads up, they're doing their work, they're pushing through, and they they're trying to get themselves back into games. I reckon. Great co- to see. I reckon coaches have used our our analysis. In, in their game they go hey boys the guys on the semi-pro potty pointed out that Dan and Ong City dropped their heads we can't do that I'd, I'd like to think that we're having an influence well okay in that case then all of the teams that don't bring their keepers up for corners oh. at 90 plus are jokes well, I'll tell you what we'll, we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get to that later on. but anyway anyway moving on to the next game um, Melbourne Knights 4 Altona 3 um, you, like you could kind of have that scoreline painted a number of different ways you could go 4 nil up and then, you know, switch off and concede three, but never really be at risk. But Melbourne Knights came from behind three times. Yes, yeah, during, yeah. during that game. Yep. So, so to get the win, they fought back at every stage mm-hmm. to, to get that win. And real drama at the end of it. There was a, uh, I think it was a, scores were locked at three three, and there was a ninety plus one red card that was given for a pretty innocuous challenge. Yeah, second, second yeah, yellow, second yellow in midfield. Like off. it's late. You again. Tired legs, you probably just go over the ball a bit. It's not great. Um, but then followed up with like a 90 plus four goal to win it. Down, to, was just down out, to 10 minutes yeah, as well. It was just yeah, just outstanding. Really, really good stuff. Um, so I watched that on the streams this week. Yep. Uh, one other thing that I want to say from it was the commentary from Teo Palazzeri absolutely legitimizes this league. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if the He's NPL, great. yeah, if the NPL Vic is serious about, you know, broadcasting and, you know, Things that I liked that they did were in the streams. They've, they've got the consistent um, scores. Yep. Like uh, graphics up yeah, there. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. want to... The calibre of commentary that comes out of that and just insight into the, the football that's being played is outstanding. So for a lot of reasons on and off the park, um, I thought that game typified everything of how good the MPL Vic is and, and when, where it's going and the potential it has. Well, absolutely. And Teo is a great example because he... Uh, I think he did a lot of commentary last year, in particularly for the WNPL, did some commentary this year with the A-League. So, you know, we talk about semi-professional football. He definitely brings, you know, that professional element, that professional class. Like, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's got plenty of experience. He's been on the radio before. Great voice for it. Great insight. And he just loves football. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's an NPL kind of guy. You know, it was, I think, long gone the days of Australian football where... Um, if you were a journalist who wanted to cover AFL, you got pushed into covering regional soccer or something to, you know, cut your teeth. And you didn't really want to be there and you got out as soon as you could. But, you know, there's always been a strong passion for football in Australia. There's been some excellent journalists around it. And 
I think they're now being sort of celebrated, particularly in some of the work that Taylor's doing. So, look, I absolutely loved it. Um, Another thing that I liked about uh, the Melbourne Knights Altona game was you mentioned that they came back from behind three times. One thing that you see a lot in in games when a team's trailing like that is like, you know, they spend so much effort, you know, they're behind, they have to spend so much effort in in tying the game up, in, in making it close again, that then later on in the game they often, like you say, run out of legs. They've spent all that effort coming back. The team who had the lead can then you know, step away again, sort of sort of similar to the Bentley-Pascovale mm, yeah, game. definitely. Where, you know, Pascovale found their way back into it, but then Bentley just sort of kicked it up a little bit of a gear, had a little bit more energy and were able to sort of eke away or, or, or get that little bit of a buffer yeah. and, and secure the win. But the Knights completely overcame that, you know, yeah. down to 10 men and then a set piece from the corner and... Well, we love scenes. Yeah. Absolute scenes after the game there. You know, fans going bananas. The commentary, Teo Palazzari was up and about. Yeah, I loved it. it was Excellent great. game. It, definitely an early contender as well for Game of the Year. And if you haven't watched it, you now can. Oh, it's such a treat, isn't it? It really it's such a treat. We'll get, we'll get to it later yeah. on. I do want to rattle through the games. I want us to, yep. you know, go through and have a look at the other stuff. Because, you know, one thing that you touched on there was about, you know, um, some of the sort of uh, discipline and the mental fortitude to sort of go on and win some of these games late. Look, the South Melbourne won Dandy City nil game. Um, look, it's, it's becoming a bit of a, a trend for Dan Mill City. It's another red card in the game. It was Yeah, picked up another one. This game was nil all for most of the game. Uh, South Melbourne did come away 1-0. Former Northcote City boy Jerry Salidos. Again, I believe that's how you say his name. But I'm going to get you to pronounce all of the names, uh, so if they're wrong, you're the one that gets yeah, all the I mean, and, and if I'm wrong, I'd love to get them right. But, you know, former Northcote City boy, he scored for South Melbourne. 1-0 win, first win of the season for South Melbourne. Good scenes for them. Lovely, excellent. Uh, Green Gully 4, Heidelberg 2. Um, this was quite a, you know, uh, arm wrestle, a tug of war, one of the, the classic sort of... The, the matches that keep you enthralled, no side sort of dominates for large periods. It's yeah. quite a bit of a tussle. So, you know, what did you sort of take out of this one? Well, this game had a bit of bit of everything, really. Uh, I think we spoke about it last week as well. One of the games we were quite interested in, Heidelberg again, seeing how they uh, seeing how they go after their not too flash start to the season. Green Gully obviously won their first week, and this game didn't disappoint. Green Gully took the lead early. Uh, but Heidelberg responded with a quick goal of their own, tied it up 1-1 before the, but I love uh, this bit of the, podcast. the absolute howler. The Bentley goalkeeper is exceptionally grateful that this happened because he is now not the goalkeeper who has the worst howler of the week. It was shocking, awful. Bush league trash, not even, not, not even, not even semi-professional, like just straight up amateur. Like it was, it was bad. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, look, obviously there's streams. It's amazing. We now have streams to go see this because we can genuinely relive these beautiful moments of yep. what is just a goalkeeper hoofing it long. It either being deflected or passed back at, at nauseam to the, the yep, that's exactly who's, That's exactly what happened. Tyson, I believe it was who, yep, who, yep is culpable for this one. And it just trickles directly to his foot mm-hmm. with which he then tries to trap it with his foot mm-hmm. manages to somehow put his foot over the ball yeah. and it just <laughs> rolls it almost doesn't have enough pace on it to go over the line and yet it still does it's just great genuinely unbelievable i mean maybe in his defense it was bouncing a little bit and he might have expected a bit more bounds and then it didn't but seriously uh if you haven't seen it look it up 
it did I, set I, worth I, it. I feel classic. like we definitely need some sort of. We need to be taking logs of these howlers. Yeah, and and we for need sure. to dish out an award at the end of the year yep. because like. It, it's too good not to go unrewarded. Like, yep. obviously, as the person culpable for it, you don't want an award for this, but I want you to know that the thing that you did has given me this excellent memory that I will cherish forever. Yep. There, I think there are two categories of, like, spectacular own goals. Spectacular... Uh, the first category would be, like, a guy goes for, a you know, like a volley clearance or whatever. Yeah, shanks and, it and it and, slices and, yeah, in. And yeah, yeah, slices lovely. it, like, backwards over his head, you yeah. know, from 20 yards out. is already yelling at the other defender <laughs> yeah. to push up, yeah. and meanwhile... Yeah, whereas this is the other, where it's just so absolutely basic. It's yeah. quite unbelievable that it happened. Mm. But, anyway... It wasn't uh, the end of the game, though. No, I mean, he could have no, called the game no, before it and just been no. like, well, we should just all go home. No, Heidelberg <laughs> almost might have preferred that. No, well, yeah, so they know. obviously were up 2-1 at that stage. And really, to be honest, it was all downhill from there for Heidelberg. Green Gully equalised, uh, went in 2-2 at halftime. Mm-hmm. After the break, Heidelberg got a red card. Yeah, and that really just put them behind the eight ball. Yeah, you comments know. we keep on file, particularly yeah. against a good team. You know, it's, it's very hard. Yeah, to sort al- of... always hard down to ten men. I mean, Melbourne did it, but they were only down to ten men for three minutes. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really hard to work and go on and and, and, and win a game from that position. Yeah, um, Green Gully really made them pay. They. Had a goal, went up 3-2. Heidelberg had a couple of chances as well, similar yeah. to Pascal. Still in the game. They were still in yeah, the game, definitely. Exactly. They had a few chances to equalise yeah. at 3-3, but Green Gully really took control of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another late penalty yeah. really, really sealed the deal. So yeah. it looked like a good game, and it was a good game, but Heidelberg really kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah. You know, they were obviously a little bit lucky to get the goal off the howler, but then the red card hurts. Yeah. Look, still early days. I mean, ugh, look, they're sitting around that mid-table mark, but there's not a lot of points there to deal with, so they can go up or down from there. It, it, yeah. it, but look, a really entertaining game, if for nothing else other than the amazing howler that was on offer. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about, you know, looking at the table teams that might be written off. You can't ride Heidelberg off. No. Surely, I mean... They've been so good for the past few years. Last year's champions, you'd write them off at your own peril. Mm. You'd still back them to have some sort of resurgence, even if they're not, you know... I mean, we're, we're still only two weeks in. They're not firing on all cylinders, mm. but yeah. you'd, you'd really think that they'd be they'd be up and about yeah. there. Now, the uh, next match, Avondale won Port Melbourne nil. Now, we were talking about Avondale at length last week. You know, mm-hmm. they, they look good. They look yep. really good. But can they do it on a rainy day in sunshine? Yeah, that was that was that was the yeah, catch like, line. Like, can they do it? Yep. Well, funnily enough, it turns out that they could barely do it on a hot, sunny day in Parkville. So we were talking, <laughs> we were talking about could they do it on a rainy day in sunshine, hot, hot conditions at home? Um, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, well, I mean, they did scrape over the line one nil. It was a late 80th minute controversial penalty. Uh, referee had no hesitation pointing to the spot. Uh, watching the game, looking at the replay from the live stream, it definitely looked like the defender got a lot of ball. Yeah. But so I mean, if you're Avondale, you got to win ugly. Yeah. You know the good. Te- that's what the classic soccer or the classic sporting phrase. Yeah. You know the good teams win ugly. So I mean, they'd just be happy with three points, yeah, but call. pretty much put that game. Yeah, in the back mirror, I reckon that, that Port Melbourne South Melbourne game also now starts to look a bit tasty because of you know the form that sort of. 
both teams are in. You know, they're oh, looking ahead to next week. Yeah, yeah they're not. They're yeah. not looking too crash hot. And you know, it's it's just one of those ones where you know, I dare say they'll probably be around the same part of the table what, for what, another year. Exa- well, a great game for both teams to yeah. win. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kingston City one. Dandenong Thunder 3. Dandenong first points for the year, I believe. Uh, yes, they're their first win of the year. Uh, they look pretty good. They got absolutely hammered week one, lost mm. 4-0, and mm. they backed it up this week how any coach would like. They jumped straight out of the blocks, took a 3-0 lead. Uh, yeah, wow. there, was a, there was an own goal there, an Elon Blumgart strike, and then a beautiful long-range curling free it kick. It was lovely, wasn't from, it? it oh. Christian Cavello over the wall. Again, watch it. Look tasty. At it. Beautiful. Tasty. Highlights are there. Very delicious. Mm. And you go, yum, give me more of that. Get that in my belly. Eat it up. Uh, Kingston City did peg one back. Uh, a great goal of their own. A curling shot looped over the keeper from the edge of the box. Pegged it back to 3-1 at half time. Not a lot happening in the It was one of those classic half, matches but... where, you know, it, the first half you go, oh, if the second half is going to be like this, we're in for a treat. And well, more the... than not, both teams come out. It's like, well, that was kind of entertaining because we didn't do our jobs properly. The, well, the first half had all the action. And for the Thunder, obviously a great result to get after yep. losing 4-0. Um, yep. Good rebound for them. Yep. No, really happy with it. And that's the end of the review part of the podcast. Let's jump in next to Branson. Look, I love this bit. I think we're going to keep it in there every week. What did we like out of this week? Um, you know, third third round of NPL, Vicky. Yep. What, what did you like? What did you take away from it and go, this is great? Well, the biggest thing, obviously, it's a big talking point. But for me, the best thing about the NPL was the fact that they're now live streaming yep. matches. And I don't think enough can be said about this because I just think it is so good for the league, yep. so good for football as a sport in this in this state. It, yep. it just gives it more uh, more exposure, another another avenue, another way to get people involved. Yeah, and I think it's excellent. So for those of you who who haven't seen it, Football Victoria came out and said that they are now going to be live streaming games. I think they're streaming more than five hundred and fifty games live throughout the course of the year. Uh, they're streaming every NPL Vic game live, every WNPL game live, every under-20 NPL game live. Yeah, great. And I think they're picking two select NPL 2 games a week and streaming those live as well. That's excellent. That is so much content. And th- there's there's a big knock-on effect of this as well because um, one thing that I think Football in Australia sometimes uh, lacks a bit of sight with is its, its value. Mm-hmm. So... You can sit here and say, hey, but by streaming, people are not going to go to games. And you're like, but people are going to watch the games. What that does is that creates more eyeballs watching areas. So you can now start to build more corporate partnerships better. You know, your advertising space is now worth more. You are also Mm -hmm. streaming on platforms like YouTube and Facebook, where there is like revenue generating businesses that are geared around, you know, making profit off of content. And so get your content up there. You know, what it does is I think it just legitimizes the league a lot more. And it provides that opportunity for people who perhaps are too busy to go to the game mm-hmm. to now watch it later. You know, when you're free, you can jump on and you can watch these things. Yep. You can Chromecast them to your TV. It's absolutely an excellent initiative. We were, uh, first week, there was a lot of chat on Twitter. People were begrudging the fact that they could not watch streams. And, you know, I was sitting there being like, wow, if they don't do that this year, they're really missing the boat. So yep. to see them come out, turn around, and also to have really good quality with it, I'm really, really happy with it. Absolutely. And one of the things that I think is is just so good about this is obviously the exposure. 
you know, you're talking about Facebook, mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, the MPL. It's now international, I guess. You know, like these these yeah. these games are live. So the Melbourne Knights, our Tony, you know, the amazing comeback, the goalkeeper howler. Mm-hmm. In theory, people all over the world could be watching. But yeah. I mean, that's that's maybe a little bit big picture. Well, but I think, sort of scaling it back down, I think the thing that's best about this is it gives a very easy way for people who follow a specific team to be able to yeah, follow them. to actually a lot, probably a lot, follow them, yes. Exactly, a lot call. easier. So, like, let's say you're a Dan and Ong City fan. I mean, which I, I've got to say, I'm kind of an honorary <laughs> City fan. You kind of are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a Dan and Ong City fan, you follow them, uh, you know, they might be playing on a Friday night, Saturday, any game. Maybe it's a Monday night. Yeah. Maybe they're playing... Maybe they're playing Avondale at Avondale, and you go, do you know what? It's going to take me an hour to get there yeah. at 8 o'clock. Can't do it. The, the roast is on. Can't can't leave the kitchen. All sorts yeah. of things. It could be any particular reason, but if you're a Dandenong City fan and you can't get to away games or you can't get to home games, yeah. or if you're travelling, who knows? It now gives you a much easier way to be able to still watch them, mm-hmm. watch their games. Uh, there's great interactivity. Like, you can comment live on Facebook. I was watching the Kingston City... Uh, who was it? Kingston City, Dandenong Thunder, sorry. That game live on the Monday night. And the commentators were reading out, you know, comments from people on Facebook, people on YouTube, live during the game. So they'd say, you know, such and such person asked this question or such and such commented on this. And you really get that interactivity, gets people involved. I just think I just think that's got to be great for the game. Beautiful work, love it, more of it. Um, I just think it's great. Look, and it leads itself to you've got the broadcasting now. Look, you can do so much with it. You can then start to do highlights packages. You can do review shows. Yep. That's the stuff that's going to start to reach around the world. You know, players will get noticed for it. You know, I think there will be people who are in the A League who are now starting to look at some of these games with a little bit more validity. Yep. Going. What we is, don't have to make this complex. There are players in our own backyard who are good enough. Well, easy to track players, see who's playing well. Yep. You know, uh, if, if for example, you're an A-League club or any club and you're looking at picking yep. someone out, you've now got access to a whole bunch of their games, a whole bunch of footage of them playing. Yeah. And it's a great resource. The only thing... Well, can you see this hurting the MPL at all? Like, no, atten- a- attendance-wise? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the underlying fear here would be... And I, I do think that it's... Largely positive. I think it's a great mm. idea. But could it potentially hurt attendances in like... So let's say you you know, you know, and I were going to go to the South Melbourne game. Yep. We get home on Friday night. We go, do you know what? It's a bit cold, a bit wet, a bit rainy. Don't want to go. And we end up just watching. Yep. Do you reckon that'll have any sort of negative? Or, so, or does the positives outweigh the negative? What do you think? So yeah, so, so from the sort of Daniel City game that we went to. Now, people aren't going there exclusively for football. They're going for the community event. Now, you cannot... You cannot sort of create that community vibe via a stream. You know, yeah. you've still got to go there to be part of it and to, you know, talk to the local people in the community that you've grown up with, you know, your friends with, the people that you see, like, you know, the, these sorts of events. So it's not going to cannibalise that. I think what it's going to do, though, it's only a problem if the business model lets it be a problem. So if Football Federation Victoria and, you know, I've got to say FFA in general um, places more value on bums on seats in stadiums than eyeballs on screens around the world watching content that they would otherwise not have value to, then the model itself is flawed. Because as far as I'm concerned, if, if you've got a product and your product is a football league and someone is watching that, does not matter if that is at home or in a stadium. You should be happy that they're tuning in and choosing to watch it whichever way they do. 
obviously, the people who want to go to games will go to games. Service that market well. But, yeah, I think just having it up there for everyone, let people decide how they want to watch the game, they're valuable to you regardless of whether or not they're on seats in the stadium or on seats at home watching. Good call. And the other thing as well is, you know, if you've got people tuning into games like, you know, the Melbourne Knights against Altona, yeah. absolute scenes at the end, even, you know... Uh, You'll go next pa- time. Yeah, yeah, well, Pasco Vale, uh, when they were playing Bentley, you know, the, the excitement there, you see it and you go, I mean, who wouldn't want to be there? Yeah. Like, so, you, who wouldn't want to go to those games? So hopefully you see those games and go, oh, geez, wouldn't that be great? And hopefully that translates into more more people going. One bit that I love of it as well, and it's the segment that I'd want to dot in throughout the year, is... um love some of the sponsors that get yeah. around at some of the yep. local grounds. Yeah. And so yep. this this now gives me more exposure to these local yep. sponsors and going, oh, this is great. Like I, like, I know Bentley Greens have, like, a funeral home, and I'm like, yeah, great. Like, Well, my favourite is I like when you see that in the FA Cup. You see, like, I don't know, League 2... Uh, Wimbledon yeah. playing West Ham United and they're at Wimbledon and then they've got a sponsorship on the background and yeah. it's like... It's like John's Pies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Simon's Auto Shop and Repairs. Yeah, yeah. And you're going, great, Simon's Auto Shop and Repairs in Wimbledon or yeah. where, it, where it could be, Scunthorpe, is now getting literally <laughs> worldwide <laughs> global exposure. You know, people in Melbourne now go, do you know what, I really want one of John's Pies. You know, great. Yeah. Do you want to lead me into my one or not? Or am I just going to, you know... Do you, do you, want, to, do you want to ask What's me what that? I liked about the NPL, mate? Or not really? Oh, well, yes, of course. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Got yeah, so, no, got, that's all right. Got so sidetracked there about what I, mean, I we, like. Look, I, I, in fairness, we both like your one. But, yes, I mean, no, definitely, definitely. But it's a big thing. There's two people in the show. There I are, there are. I, I do apologise, mate. So, Will, Will, what did you like? Tell, tell me what you like. I really want to oh, hear what really? you like. I'm so glad you would no, ask such no, a question. No, no, no problem. What did you like, mate? Um... Mine is a sort of a positive negative. Mine is I am so absolutely stoked that semi-professional football does not have VAR. You know, like really, I'm I've just reached my wits end with it. I think it was last week in the Champions League where it was the I, I can't remember which game was it. it was. The Men, Men's City game where it blacked out yes. or something. They no. went to a VAR and then the TV oh, was, was. I think that happened in no. My... So the ball hits whoever's hand it was. Now. I think it's a penalty. Apparently, like, people are kind of still on the fence as to whether or not it is, but it's like one of those ones where the shot's on target and it hits a hand. Yep. Intentional or not, it was a shot on target and it hits a hand. So I'm like, penalty. I get that there's some contention around that and the referee has made his decision. It then took, like, five minutes for them to, to review this. And I'm like, this is at Champions League level where, like, oh, this is where it works. And it absolutely ruins it. Like, over in the A-League throughout the weekend, you know, we were at the um, Melbourne City... Um, victory, victory game, game. Yep. Mm-hmm. and it's one of those ones where when there was a goal scored when there was a moment when there was any sort of thing you reserve yourself as a supporter because you're like oh is it going to go to VAR you know yeah. like so that moment of pure joy is now tarnished by this this thing you have in the back of your mind of is it actually going to be real I'm so glad that it's not in place because it hasn't solved the problem they were like oh VAR will solve the yeah. problem of obvious howlers and it's it's not yeah. even solving the problem of obvious hours because it's this thing of it's it's up to interpretation and I'm happy for referees too. I think what I'd rather have than VAR is referees to come out at the end and say, I didn't give it a penalty because I didn't think it was intentional. And then we sit back and we go, oh, that explains your interpretation of the what happened. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and- so I love tuning in to watching it, watching NPL Victoria and not having to be concerned about, oh, is this going to go to VAR? Is it not going to be given, you know... 
are we going to see a decision reversed? It's it's just live. It happens as it happens. Referee calls it. If you disagree with the call, you disagree with the call, but that's what we love about football. So they're the two things that we loved, everyone. I think we're uh, now jumping into uh, an update of another one of my favourite segments. I like our segments. It's really funny because we write them, and so it's not a shock to the system that we like them, but I quite like our segments. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you do. I like them as well. Hopefully the listeners like them as well. Yeah. Um, but we've got one, some good one... feedback on this one. We've actually... We, people people like this one. I can well, guarantee... And this is your, per- your personal favourite. Yeah, so the $15 meal challenge. Um... Look, we've had a bit of a quiet week. Obviously, I went to the A-League on Saturday night, and I yep. can confirm that the $15 meal challenge is everything that's right about semi professional football because at Marvel Stadium, you can get absolutely nothing of value for 15 bucks. Yep. You can get bad Kransky or some chips or something, but yep. you, like, I've got no time for it, so I'm just not even going to discuss it. Branson, how do you go? Well... Not well, to be honest. So we talked last week, you know, Brand's meal challenge, obviously being vegan, is a little bit trickier. I did go to two games. I went to Avondale, Port Melbourne, and then the WNPL went to Berlin against Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of them had vegan options. Not, not, entire... <laughs> not a shock to the system. No, but yeah. not, not entirely unsurprising, you know. But surely you could have got well, something. Uh, well, see, last week I said, you know, went to Dandenong City, had potato cakes and was like, great, you know, well, here's what I can do. Yeah. I can do a league-wide... Potato cakes are very easy to source and cook. Yeah, exactly. And I can do a league-wide potato cake ranking. So which team has the best potato cake? So went to Amadale... So who's on top? Well... Here's the thing. Went to Avondale, went to Berlin, both clubs, neither of them had potato cakes. So that really bad <laughs> potato cake that you had at Dandenong City is currently league-leading. currently my default, wow. Dandenong, Dandenong City on City. top. And Turning well, it around. Well, week two and my great potato cake ranking thing has hit a serious floor in now more than half of the clubs that <laughs> I've been to actually don't have potato cakes. So this challenge, whilst it might be a great one for you, uh, is not looking not looking so good for me. And I've but... got to say, it is a great one for me because this Friday is the uh, Green on Green Derby. I've yep. got to come up with a way better name for it than oh, I reckon like, we, I reckon we can spit We're not going to do it now because this is going to take about an hour for us yep. to do it, but um, I went to Bentley Greens for the FFA Cup semi-final, and oh, it smells good! Just the the roasting meat behind the stand, smoke wafting over the ground. It smelled good, so I'm absolutely stoked to be heading back there this weekend mm-hmm. um, to you know obviously view some great football, but also eat some delicious food and you know see what I can put together for fifteen bucks. There, it'll be really exciting. So, if you're heading to the game, let us know because we're keen to um, catch up with some of you who are uh, avid listeners. Um, I know my mum's one of them. Yeah, good. Um, but good. you know, I know she's not going to be at the game. Well, it's so. a long way for her to get from Adelaide to uh, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, she, Bentley. Oh, she travelled for me. She loves yeah, me. Yeah, good. Which ties nicely into our preview section of the podcast, Branson. Take it away. What games we got upcoming this weekend? Well, the first game is probably my early pick for match of the round. You talked about it just before. Bentley mm. Greens taking on Green Gully. Yeah, delicious food, delicious fixture. Absolutely. Bentley Greens, Green Gully, both undefeated. Both have won their first two games. Bentley Greens look really good. Mm-hmm. Green Gully have looked not as good, but still quite good in their own respect. You know, they took care of Heidelberg. This is, I reckon, my pick for match of the round, surely. Yeah. For, for multiple reasons. One, they're obviously two very good two very good teams. You're excited. Good food options. You've been there before. And three, 
Excellent I'm, potential. I, so, you, you mentioned Derby names. So Green yeah. Gully against Bentley Green. Surely there's, I don't know, the Battle of the Greens. I can't think but of I mean, a... So this is the thing. I mean, Green is not often synonymous with um, things that are bad or evil or, you know, no. like, like it's a quite safe colour. Mm-hmm. So oh, I don't really know where we're going to go with this. You know, the... I, I can't think... Other, is it emerald? Is it more emerald than green? Can uh, we twist this one? Well, I can't think of any, like, you know, like a showdown, derby, battle. I can't think of any no, similar I... words that begin with G. Yeah. For um... that, for that alliterate... The green game. Well, <laughs> I'm not convinced that's I good. mean, look, if you can help us out, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, social media going out on that night. If we can hijack it in some way with a new... Create a hashtag. Yeah, a new hashtag Ooh. for this derby. Um, look, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you come up with because we are coming up with absolute donuts yeah. at the moment. Well, that'll that'll be a good game. On to the next fixture, yes, which is Dandenong not. City and Pasco Vale on Friday night. Yep, correct. Uh, we've also got Oakley Cannons and Dandenong Thunder on Friday night. So, you know, we've got... It's just another good night of football. Obviously, we've spoken about it. This is all going to be streamed as well. You'll be able to access the games that you want. Um, look, I'm really keen to actually tune into that Oakley Cannons game because I think their ground looks sick. I'm yep. really happy to sort of see a stream of that one when I get back home. Yep. And then moving on, you know, Saturday we've got a couple of fixtures as well. We've got Avondale versus Kingston City. Um, look... If, if not for form, I like this fixture. It's Port Melbourne versus South Melbourne coming up on Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned uh, it before, yep. I've been to Port Melbourne before. Lovely ground. Look, as the sun sets, that's really one of the, the best stadiums to go to. You see the city bathed in sunlight. Love mm-hmm. it. Both teams in a yeah, trite bit of form. They're all sitting around mid-table, but... A good good game for either team to win. Both teams will be going into this and go, yeah. do you know what? You know, if you're Port Melbourne, you go, look, if we knock off South Melbourne, we're looking real good. South Melbourne, alternatively, we're going, hey, if we can beat Port Melbourne... Our season's off to a, a pretty a pretty decent start. Yeah, it's a good derby. Also, look, there's good food down there as well. So, you know, again, still going to look forward to that one. Um, then we've got Heidelberg United, Melbourne Knights. Look, it be interesting to see our Melbourne Knights um, follow up from that that performance mm-hmm. uh, from last week. They look really good. And then Altona Magic, Hume City. Um, Top which, of the table, Yeah, City. look, I, I don't think this is going to be a pretty one for Altona. Altona are still um, yet to get any points on the board. Um, so that rounds out the week. Look, everyone, you know, you, you know these games. You've, you see these sort of fixtures cropping up. Put it in your calendar, you know, and you don't have to go out there now. You can watch a stream. You can do whatever you want, but, you know, like, enjoy this football because there are some great fixtures coming up and it, it's quite convenient times to watch them as well. Absolutely love it. Now, well, you've also got something that you want to talk about, an upcoming uh, event that you're you're involved in and that you're actually looking at heading to next week. Yeah, tell me, uh, look, tell me a bit about it. Yeah, no, this is a great one. So, yeah, look, it definitely falls into the realm of senior professional football. And, look, uh, I heard about this about a month ago, and I was hoping to spruik it earlier, but the, the date has rushed up on us a bit. But this Monday, and, you know, shout-out to Jean-Baptiste Dumas, which I believe I pronounced that correctly. Sounds good. I was yep. challenged to see if I could pronounce it correctly. Better than me. Um, but he has put on... Um, uh, it's been working with a, a, a sort of an organisation called Sport Together, and they're putting on a, a really strong collection of um, Melbourne's best hospitality figures. Uh, and they're doing a fundraiser five-a-side tournament on Monday um, to raise money for kids who have been seriously injured or, or burnt. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. some, one of the sort of um, things they're tying there. Um, and they're donating a lot of money towards this. You know, they've they've mm-hmm. really got a lot of the the big restaurants in Melbourne on board. So you know, 
Chin Chin and Embler, um, Atlas uh, involved. I think King and Godfrey are actually quite involved yep. as well. You know, some of these really prolific um, restaurateurs and, yep. and, and you know uh, restaurants within Melbourne. They're putting on sort of a big day of football on Monday. So they've put together five aside teams from all of these places, and they're going to be playing in a knockout tournament from ten till four um, over in Hawthorne at the Melbourne Hockey Centre. Um, look, food, booze, and entertainment is going to be on there. Uh, look, it's a really good cause. They're putting a lot of attention into this and I really love it you know they Guy Grossi is going to be there I'm not sure if he's going to be playing or yeah. anything you know like if he is oh my god that would be entertaining and they're not just leaving it there you know they're really looking at raising as much money as possible and you know I know we're going to dip into our pockets and put mm-hmm. some money towards it because it's a great cause and it's it's not this dour sort of thing it's it's really about creating an environment to celebrate it in with football as the backdrop and yep. I love football because it brings people together it's yep. A good excuse for so many great things in the world and if you can't give back to the community using football then I think it's wasted yeah so they're doing 10 to 4 Monday Melbourne Hockey Centre there is an after party as well at King Godfrey portions of drink sales are going to charity as well so you know I don't need an excuse to drink yeah. but you know this is a better one <laughs> well, than ever gi- they've given you exactly. one how, how convenient so look really proud of him and look he is a Marseille fan uh, he's French obviously mm-hmm. by the name yep. so being a Marseille fan as well you know he's very akin to semi-professional football, I think. So, well, pretty much any team in League One that is not PSG would probably fall into that into that category. I mean, they try very hard, but PSG just yeah sort of I'm, put them to shame. Yeah, and I'm really glad. Unfortunately, but that's kind of what happens. I'm really glad that we get to pick on teams from around the world for yep. being semi-professional yep. while we're recording this podcast yep. in the most semi-professional manner from oh, a room. Oh, I just can't <laughs> wait for a for a team Marseille to just pick on us back. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Might happen, might happen. So, look, uh, everyone, look, uh, check it out because it's a really good cause. Sporttogether.com.au for all of the details. Um, get out there, even if it's just for an hour. Get out, put your hands in pockets, give some money away to it. What's an excellent charity and a really well-organised event that is using football for, I think, the right reasons. Um, look, and that's pretty much us done this week, I think, Brands. I think we've covered off all of the dizzying topics. Yeah, fit a lot in. One thing, though, that we didn't fit in, I know last week we talked about the WNPL, obviously that started this weekend. Uh, We didn't get to touch on it in this episode, and part of the reason why is because we've actually dedicated quite a bit of time to to looking at it. So what we're going to do is actually release another separate podcast, a WNPL preview special. Yeah. So that'll take a little bit more of an in-depth look. Uh, won't be quite as long as this one, but obviously we'll look at uh, some of the things coming up in the yep. NPL, WNPL season, who to look out for, and we even have our very first guest on our oh, podcast as a part of it. How did we rope someone oh. into that? Would, would it by any chance be someone who was forced to live with you, Branson? Uh, well, I don't know how I'd say he was forced. It is, it is my housemate, yes, who does happen to have a very strong WNPL connection. Very convenient. And obviously we are novices to all versions of semi-professional football in Australia, and so we need everyone around us to pull us forward in their knowledge. And this is the journey that we're going on. We absolutely love it. So that'll be coming out this week as well. Separate to this, but keep an eye out for it. Bit of a WNPL preview. Value for money. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure this week. You know us. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at SemiProPotty. Follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Um, And just keep being semi-professional, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us on Episode 3 of the Semi-Pro Potty. (laughs) 